Hello everyone and welcome to another horrific review. I'm joined once again by Steve as we conclude our journey along the Amicus Anthology series of films. Tonight we're discussing Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Released in 1965, we meet five men who enter a train carriage in London and are joined by the mysterious Dr. Shrek, who uses his tarot deck to tell the fortunes of the passengers. The movie was made on a budget of £105,209, and we have no box office information, because why would we? Well, I, I, it must have made something, because they went on to make many other anthologies, yeah, didn't um, they? Obviously, the record keeping. Sorry, I'm having a fixed Facebook because, of course, Facebook breaks. Mm. You silly sausage of a platform. Typical Facebook. It's probably like, I, oh no, they're talking about horror again. Gotta ban it. I found a problem with uh, Apple yesterday. Um, if you um, change over your uh, Apple ID um, and change iPad. They can't do anything about getting all your back purchases transferred over, so, <laughs> unless you got their um, key. So you've got to remember to keep the 18-digit key that they give you when you've opened up your iPad originally. But bloody Apple, isn't it? Yes, I don't like Apple. Uh, I actually tried to get this up here in an Apple, but you mm. have this. I have an Apple ID because I had one. I had an old iPod years ago yeah. uh but because you don't activate it on an apple device you can't do anything yeah. so i i just give up so sorry apple users you you don't get to see us yeah but you know what i'm not gonna lose any sleep over it <laughs> <laughs> something that i apple's a company for posers yeah you know <clears throat> just don't see the point i don't even keep up with the latest ds things i have an old reconditioned phone and i will use that until it falls apart because i don't see the point in wasting money on another rectangle that looks exactly the same <laughs> and does the same stuff it's like nah no nah, i don't i i i used to have an iphone mainly when i had my business because i could claim around tax you know and mm -hmm. uh, and um but and because I had an iPad as well to teach, and, you know, the two sort of went arm in arm. But um, I, I, when uh, they brought out the new iPhone and, and on contract, they wanted like 57 quid on Vodafone for a, I, I thought, bugger that. Um, what the hell do you need to be spending that out for? And um, I, I thought, I'm just going to buy my phone outright. You know, and uh, I've just got a Oppo. Yeah, I just go down to one of the local you know, the yeah. stores that do all the reconditioned ones. Yeah. And I'm like, I will not spend more than 200 quid. No. I'm like, no. I'll have that one because of the price, and then I'll just get it. Mm. Swap with some over, job done. I don't need the pose. Yeah. And I'm not using it. Uh, I would understand needing the latest camera if you do a lot of social media via your phone. Yeah. I don't, so it's not mm. important. Dr. Terrors, uh, my initial thought when it opened was, oh, no, they're, they're using um, bloody classical music again because the, I don't know if you saw it, the opening thing that said uh, Regal, uh, it opened to, um, I'm not sure if it's Swan Lake or the other one, Sleep, um, 
But that was just the opening um, production company, like, uh, you know, something like Regal Films or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it went into, but your initial shock is, oh, no, they're, they're using the classical music again. But they didn't. It was just the sort of opening. This but at least that was a bit more subdued. Yeah. And then it went into the, the music. Um, that's um, was, uh, was just you know film music, um, um, you know produced and everything. But uh, so I thought, thank God for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought was the, a was bad for the opening, but it calmed down. Dead race to Witch Mountain. What was the other one that was just absolutely horrendous? Um, was it the vault or the? There's one of the Amicus ones, and I mean, the music yeah. was just. It was the one with the hospital, wasn't it? That, that one was. Adam was. Night on Board Mountain. Oh, Board Mountain, sorry. Yeah. I don't know the film, sorry. Yeah, it was, uh, was the music for the. Um, that was just the way over the top. Yeah. But I have to say, next to From Beyond the Grave, um, this is my favourite entry in the series. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. And I can see by doing this one as their first anthology why they continued making others. Mm -hmm. um, because it, it must have got positive reviews just just for the sake of um, having those two greats together in the same railway carriage. You have Peter Cushing sat next to Christopher Squeezed Lee. up to each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you had uh, Donald Sutherland, didn't you? Yeah, he um, was the highest paid actor. And was he? Yeah, he, he got paid a thousand quid. Yeah. He was the highest paid actor in that cast. Yeah. Um, Roy Castle, mm -hmm. uh, who became a household name you know, decades on, wasn't it? And uh, he was in the, uh, one of the Carry On films, wasn't he? Carry On um, and Kyber. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, that's probably another one of my favourites, Carry On and Kyber. Um, and uh, then you had, oh, what was his name? Um, oh, uh, what was his There's name? quite a decent Alan, Alan Freeman. Mm -hmm. Alan Freeman was a Radio 1 DJ at one point. Yeah. He, uh, That's hardly an endorsement these days. Well, no, but back, back in his day, <laughs> isn't it? Back in his yeah, day. Back, back when they were getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, he was, he was a DJ. He used to do um, sort of um, like dial a disc, I think, something like that it was. Um uh, but he, he was one that everyone should listen to, a bit like Steve Wright in the afternoon, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, there was Alan Freeman, recognize the name. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it had quite a good cast. Um, and they all played decently, it wasn't um, like really terrible acting. No, no, but... there wasn't any OTT stuff like with Joan Collins, is there? Yeah. <laughs> God, she, she is something else. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I thought it was brilliant casting this time for Peter Cushing, because if you remember... He was in, unrecognisable. Yeah. 
Like he but changed his voice, his demeanor, everything, and he's worn he's worn those fingerless gloves and done that sort of yeah. the shabby look before. But I think the the eyebrows and the beard and just oh, the bushy really eyebrows, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought they cast him in the correct part because if you remember um, that that one where um, he, we said he could have been cast in the part as the that was uh, the crypt. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been the bartender. He'd have been perfect as a bartender. He's a couple of them. He's just been put in the wrong, wrong position, cast position, really. But this one, he was perfect. This, this was his part. Mm-hmm. I think this, the, this was him all over, haunting, uh, quite spooky, and um, yeah. And also, he's got that because he can play the aristocratic uh, gentleman. But yeah. this is him really sort of the best, even though he's playing a doctor in this, you know, he's yeah. he's playing that sort of, you know, carnival type person. Yeah. Mm. And then Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. he was playing sort of the the gentleman, the arrogant gentleman, wasn't he? He was the uh, only evil character in us, I would say, the yeah. only, you know, character that deserved it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm. Because yeah. most of the other anthologies have been the characters have deserved it some way or another, and yeah. shown it out. But this one, everyone else is basically innocent. You know, they were victim of circumstances. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the um, the old werewolf thing was quite good. You know, you didn't really see the werewolf, did you? I don't think you needed to. I think I would have ruined it in the mind, and it was good how it was done. You had to imagine, um. Which was, you know, quite good for horror in in back in the sixties. You you imagined what was going to happen, and that's what made it scary in the sixties. These days, you you see it all, don't you? Yep. Because uh, I feel like you guys have been doing a Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee review segment lately. They've been well. well it's, it's the it's the same company, you know. Yeah. It's a series of films by the same company, and they've had the obviously the same. Actors, it's like if we were doing a Tim Burton series, we'd be talking about um Johnny yeah. Depp and uh, Michael Keaton all the time, and Helen Woman Carter. Did, Chris, did you know Peter Cushing was in one of the Star Wars films, and he wasn't an admiral? <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know anything about him. No. Um, yeah, uh, this was actually quite clever. Talking about because we've got uh. Peter Cushing's character comes on. He's Dr. Shrek. And yeah. Shrek in German means terror. Yeah. Uh, and the, there's five people just board a train. And it's actually quite cool the way they did it. And even the steam on the inside of the train. Yeah. So they must have used a, a legit carriage because they wouldn't have just done that. Yeah. yeah. So they must have just filmed at a train station. It, it looked like Paddington. I'll tell you how I thought that was because not only the old roof, but... The when the train left the station, um, it looked like the the same curve that trains take out of Paddington Station at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a curved bit, um, and it really did look like Paddington Station that that they used in in the shot. Whether they used it officially, I don't know, but um, you know, or they just used it as a shot of the train coming and going, or. Um, or leaving, shall I say? But uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it did look like Paddington. It, it was actually quite cleverly filmed because it looks as if it was just they just jumped on a train. It was just departing, you know, and decided to film. 
Yeah. And the way they did it, like, you think about editing the film is so hard. <laughs> and they got the editing right. And then obviously the, the rest was the stage piece. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, basically, you just got five random people mm. get on a carriage. Dr. Shrek just happens to jump on. And then... Uh, and Christopher Lee's in the corner, and you can see it on his face as it going, Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> I just want this carriage to myself. Piss off, you know. Well, he could have just bought six tickets, yeah. Um, what's his name? Van Morrison would do that, yeah. He would, um, he's well known in Northern Ireland, really. He's sort of throwing hezzy fits. He would buy four tickets, mm. so yeah. we'd have all four seats and four, then four freak seats. out, yeah. But it doesn't quite work like that. No. Because you just buy four tickets doesn't mean you get you get the exclusively book a table. Yeah. Um that man's an arsehole. Yeah. Absolute arsehole. Um just typical Northern Irish celebrity got too big over their head and didn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh <laughs> I could just see Van Morrison by himself, Christopher Lee's character. <laughs> and yeah, and then he, he pulls out the because he drops the bag, he falls asleep, drops the bag, and everyone's like, rushing around. That was actually quite cleverly done. Yeah. You know, there's actually a bit of a storyline to this, which yeah. some of the other ones have been horrendous. Yeah. It, it was very, it was a good sort of setup, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he was there for a, a reason. And in order to get that reason, oh, I think I'll drop my bag. Um, so, uh, yeah. And uh, of course, it, Everyone's interest comes in, then it goes, Oh, yeah, what have you got there? So, and which it would, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you helped him pick up his cards, you go, Oh, you're into the tarot cards, are you? When you, yeah, you'd strike up a conversation about something like that. But, um, and people like performers, yeah, that's one of the things human nature will like, performers will like, entertainers, mm. we'll, we'll always have, you know. So if you're somebody, especially if somebody's doing it live, uh, there's a cafe back in uh, Belfast called Arcadia. It's gone now because it closed the whole, it was like a wee tiny, like one of them tiny shopping centre. It was just, a, you know, what do you call them, the tunnel malls or something? Yeah. So it's like a building, but it's a tunnel and then all the shops are inside. Yeah, they got lots um, of There's a cafe and every Saturday they'd have people there doing tarot readings and stuff. Just, yeah. uh, it was more that sort of crowd, you know, that's what they made the money from. And then people hung around because there was sort of stuff happening. Um, but yeah, anybody doing anything like that live is brilliant. You know, it's entertaining, even if you don't believe it, if you're not getting sucked in. Just the fact that somebody's about to give a performance for you, you're you're intrigued. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, he calls his uh, tarot deck the House of Horrors. You know, so it's referring, not a house, because I, I was confused going, how yeah. is a house when it's on a train? But he's he's been in the house of cards, not a not an actual. Yeah, because when when it first came on, and it's on the train. I thought, well, where's the house? <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. But you picture that being explained today, it'd be so obvious and painful and beating you over the head. Yeah, uh, delivered so woodenly that you just groan. Or at least that's there's a bit of you know bit of charm in that to it, and just the dialogue. You know, okay, right, that's that explained. Cool, happy. Yeah. One one thing I did notice in this movie as well, there was an awful lot of product placement. I know in the 
in the 60s and early 70s, they loved their product placement, didn't they? You had Heinz Beans, you had Vogue magazine, um, you had one of the drinks. Which one was it? Um, there was, a, I thought, ah, hey, yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's the way to do it. But Heinz Beans, who would, who would think of that? Whether it was uh, intentional, but I can't see Heinz saying, yeah, you can just film it, no problem. Um, no, well, they're charging the, or, yeah. you know, that's how things become household names. You just see them around all the time. And the, the power of media is, which is funny when people say that the media doesn't influence you and art doesn't influence you and movies don't influence you and you can't change things with that. But it's like, yes, you bloody well can because that's what people see and will accept more as a reality. Yeah. Funny enough, you, you, could, you could give somebody a lecture on something yeah. And they'll just go, yeah, nah, not listen to you. But you put it in the soap opera, and everyone takes it as a gospel truth. Yeah, that's that's the way people's brains work. Yeah, totally. And it can be used for good or ill, as we've seen. You know, yeah. the the first scene you wouldn't have guessed it was a werewolf thing, would you, when you first went there? Um, no. Uh, so the first story, with basically what he does, he offers to tell everybody's fortune. And then that's how we dive into the, you know, each story, yeah. which, fair enough. Um, yeah, he, it all seems rather innocent. Dawson's um, an architect. Yeah. Um, and he got asked to go to an old customer's house, didn't he? Well, it was yeah. his house that he sold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the customer requested him. Yeah. So, which, uh, how you would know where somebody, were. you put your house in the market, I don't think you give details of where you work and all and where somebody can contact you 20 years later sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's a bit yeah. odd, but I think we just brush that over and go with it. Yeah. Maybe because it was a stately home and obviously somebody renowned note. Mm. But say the V, that, that's what it was. He's an architect and because he sold the house, the family home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Suddenly went down this basement, didn't he, and found a wall. He just thought, oh, I know, I'm going to knock that in. <laughs> well, he scratched it and he saw it was yeah, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm glad it turned out that way because if that had been like a genuine, made you think it was brick, I'd have just switched off. <laughs> I'd be like, what is this? But no, he, he said, oh, that's not recent. Or that's not old. That's recent. That's plaster. And. Yeah, so basically, um, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Bedolf. Yeah, Bedolf. Called him because Beardy. she wants to knock two rooms into one. Yeah, Since, to make a. Was it a dance studio somewhere? Well, she said something like it was meant to be. It could be a ballroom, but it wasn't. It was meant to be a museum, an exhibition. Yeah. But who would call an architect? Like, that's not exactly. You could just call a builder, can you? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose the premise is he lived in a stately home, takes mm. a wee bit of extra expertise, but would you not be a bit suspicious? But the, I thought that the wall she wanted to knock down, looking at it, was a supporting wall. And I thought, how's that going to work? It's the fireplace. Yeah. 
and and that's a supporting war. <laughs> no way. I'm not a builder, and I I even know you can't do that. But yeah, that's where your house sort of falls down. <laughs> yeah. But uh, immaterial. You aren't supposed to look at a film like that, are you? Yeah. So the plot has to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did he end up in the base? Oh, he wanted to check below, wasn't it, to see what the foundations were, to see if it was a supporting wall? Yeah. That's what. It, that's actually what it was. He wanted to see. Yeah. So, technically, if it went right down to the basement, it was. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this... Uh, again, there wasn't... The good thing about it was it was all imagination because you didn't actually see a werewolf mm-hmm. like that. You didn't actually see any anyone attacked. All you saw at the end was the the claws going towards him, and then it went back to the train carriage. So I think that's that was the brilliance of, of this film because it left it all to your imagination for the gore. Mm-hmm. There wasn't there wasn't any. Gore in it was it? It's no, I it's, laugh, you don't mind. I like a bit of gore and stuff from time to time, but atmosphere is more important. Yeah, you get a sense of dread and a story being told. I'm in, I don't need the gore. The gore is just you know, if it suits the story, I've no problem with it. I'm not one of these people, you know, it's like oh, yeah, but I also don't agree with just oh, let's throw it in the screen just for sake of it. Same with nudity, I'm the same mind about nudity if it works and it's yeah. useful cool if not what are you doing you know doesn't serve any purpose yeah but yeah uh so the whole point was that dawson's family had a fight with um who do you call him valdemar because that isn't an evil name at all mm. he was out so they I don't know whether they stole the property from him or fought him in battle, clan battle or something. Yeah. But they had this fight and they ended up at the house and Valdemar was defeated. And that was the story of it. <laughs> and then it kind of went into oh, the werewolf because it was a story told. It's great the way they automatically just jumped. Oh, it's a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. They seem to know the the legend, didn't they? Just like yeah. that. <laughs> so. well, back to what I said. Nobody tells stories anymore. Nobody has little cultural idiosms that are passed mm-hmm. down. That's all wiped out. Which it's the death of any culture. You know, if you don't know your own stories and where you're from, and you don't build on those stories, then you you die. Yeah. You know, you've nothing. It's that wee bit of extra space that gives you a reason for going on and something to hold on to and a reason to want to build and continue. When you you strip that away, you lose any motivation. So it was cool the way we just had him, uh, you know, knowing the family lore. He was brought up with it, you know, taught in the family. That was cool. Also the fact that he wasn't coming back as a villain. You know what I mean? He's greeted warmly. Caleb, the old groundskeeper, and his daughter. And... Well, all glad to see him back. So there was no yeah. animosity or anything. So that was he was pretty spooky that Caleb, wasn't he? He mm-hmm. played a part, I bit of a red herring, and his daughter was a bit of a. Um... Oh god! What how how did he know Valda? I thought there was some like sexual tension 
between um, uh, first saw her. hello again Valdo he said didn't he um, oh yeah Valdo yeah but he said that the, you know she was that hype but she was a red herring yeah she was the red herring unless you were meant to think that she was the suspect one mm. yeah yeah who was the vampire uh, werewolf uh, <laughs> yeah uh it's understandable but do you think a modern movie would be successful if it relies solely on imagination for the monster yeah mm. yeah do it right mm. get the atmosphere these things uh, don't change that's that's the thing about storytelling you know um what's it say there's only 13 stories in the whole world and it just gets you know it's a variation of those original 13 tales Mm. I, th I think if it's done correctly and, and the atmosphere is like... Do you know where we're going to get it? Mm. There's an opportunity. Robert Eggers uh, Nosferatu. Yeah. That's, that's, Sorry, I sat I wrong that's, 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 like, that's supposed to be near to original, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. And there, he's even doing it with um, Skarsgård's character. You know, he's playing... Um, I think it's Bill Skarsgård played. I can never remember the Skarsgård yeah. which one's which, but um, I think it's Bill Skarsgård's playing Nosferatu, and they're keeping the the images tight, yeah, because they don't want to reveal it. And I think they're clamping down in the marketing department because marketing departments today just throw it all out before the movie even arrives. They're arseholes. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you keep it tense. You keep it in the shadow. Look at the well, the first Aliens movie. We're yeah. talking about the Alien franchise. It was in the shadows. It was in the background. You didn't see it. It was. It was, it was a slow build-up in Alien. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in, in you, if you were, I mean, it was nineteen seventy-nine, wasn't it? And that, if you were thinking at first, when's something going to happen? When, when you're fourteen years old, all, all you want is something to happen immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> but it, when I watched it years later, I thought it's got, it's got to be atmospheric to get into the story and um, you know to to actually build it up and then suddenly bang and um, this thing comes out of his chest um, but if you want it to last as well yeah. you need that you can't just pander to kids you, that's yeah. why you make kids movies yeah but the problem that it has to make adults movies for kids because most people are bloody adult babies today mm. i need shiny lights all the time ah, yeah. my attention seeking brain can't Cope with any storyline. Just give me shiny stuff. But Chris, I used to be a werewolf, but I'm all right. No. Oh. <laughs> I deeply apologize, everyone. <laughs> it's part of the contract. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. But yeah, um, this was just a bit of a, a mystery, you know, and it's an anthology film. I yeah. think the original plan was this for this to be a TV series. Right. The originally plan for it to be a TV series and each episode being uh one of the stories. Like, like Tales of the Unexpected. Yeah, but it's an anthology, so the idea was to be a season. You know, I think our concept of it being a TV series season rather than an episodal yeah. show. So everything built up to the end. Mm. Uh but obviously the you know, it works better because you can spend you spend this story out so much and it'd be a bit hard. Yeah. But yeah, it was tight and contained. 
And I was impressed the fact that he, oh, here's my old family crucifix, which he sold as part of the house. But I'll just know how to melt silver down for a start. I have the equipment to melt silver down and make bullets. I've just read that train station they used wasn't Paddington, it was King's Cross. All right. Yeah, King's Cross station. I was wrong. Uh, yeah, but you know, it was a bit contrived some parts, but we're telling the story, it's a werewolf story, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. and I, I thought it worked very well that you didn't see a werewolf, mm-hmm. because normally you would you, you, you'd get all these you know, you'd have a werewolf biting people's heads off in, in the modern times, and, and I mean, it worked for an American werewolf in London Um. And but even that was a slow build-up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, you know, they were, it sort of went like that, and then went. He was in the hospital, and then it went like that again, and then mm-hmm. suddenly, bang! Um, and it's no wonder why it won an Oscar for special effects. Um, the, do you think we'll get in trouble again if I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it won a Joe for special effects. Joe, yeah. It's- Steve, one of Steve. Yeah, yeah one of Steve. I'll do because I don't want the frigging chucks in that film were like mine anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was so funny. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, it 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 worked well that you didn't see a werewolf. It had to be in your imagination, <laughs> and I. I think for you know that's what a lot of films did in the sixties, didn't it? You you imagined um, things because if you take if you take Psycho again, Robert Block who done that, you didn't actually see the knife go into the body in the shower. You just saw it striking and suddenly a scar appearing. So you had to imagine what he was doing with that knife, um, and uh, it was very clever of Alfred Hitchcock and, and this is the same you had to imagine a lot of the stuff that was happening uh, including the werewolf attacking um, they did a good job with uh, Biddles that's a strange name but her uh, makeup at the end yeah, showing the claws that was actually quite cool yeah, yeah. so yeah. it turned out she was Voldemar's wife who's immortal yeah and needed what was it? She needed to um wait for him to come back from the dead. Yeah. To take revenge on the last errors or the last uh, ancestor. Yes, yeah. Or descendant, sorry. Um But the way they did her claws, you know, the claws coming out it was actually you could actually see almost see the nails growing just it's the way they did the lighting. Yeah. Uh, same sort of way that um you know Ray Harryhausen used to do his um, characters, they were, you know, used to have the plasticine, didn't they? And one bit at a time, and uh, that's probably what they had to do with the nose a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, good old fashioned 60s special effects, isn't it? It's you don't need all this CGI stuff, see, just use a bit of brain, yeah, bit of imagination, yeah. But- yeah, it's it's like it's just the fast food chain now. That's the problem. Yeah, just chuck it out there. Get the third party company in. Go along the process. 
cast the director, don't have the director, go by the company line, throw out the next product. Yeah. Tell everybody about upcoming product. You know, it's uh it's boring. But yeah, yeah, cycle back to the carriage. So that's the you know, the through line. They're all in the carriage getting their fortunes told. That's was mm. um creeping vine. Um to me this wasn't the best story. No, and um, it was a, it was a bit strange and and you could see the wires on the creeping vine. Um I don't think yeah. it even. I think it was shoestring. I don't think it even afforded wire. I think wire would be too expensive. Just suddenly appeared, didn't it? They come over from holiday or something, and it was there. Yeah. How did it get there? And you know, <laughs> I was getting there the Trifford vibes, and that came out two years before this. So yeah. I think somebody had it in the back of the head to tell a cheap knockoff there the Triffids um, yeah. story. Yeah. And um, yeah, killed the dog, didn't it? Killed yeah, that, that annoyed me. You knew it was going to happen. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, but this could have been solved with some weed killer. <laughs> like, you know, you don't cut out, you don't cut out creeping vines, you don't cut out weeds anyway. You have to get them in the route. Cole was laughing at the way they were trying to, when he was there, trying to cut it with a hole and then. He tried a pair of scissors, and the scissors flew right across the garden. Like uh, he thought it was hilarious, but uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so basically, they find a plant, they try to dig it up, it fights back, and the. <laughs> I just love the fact that they've got access to um, the MOD. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all these top boffins to go. Oh, would you take a sample? Like. <laughs> yeah. All right. This could take over the world. And then it uh it takes over the house. Mm. Yeah, it was a this is more Twilight Zone, I think. Yeah. And this is something that would have appeared in the Twilight why, Zone. Why the one house? You know. <laughs> you know? Maybe it was happening all over. Well, yeah. But they could have they could have indicated that it was um, you know, throughout the country or something like that. Me- something in the newspaper, meteor storm, you know. Yeah. Something uh, to actually give it the, the oomph that this creeping vine was there because, um, you know, did he, you know, plant something by mistake? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very weak, this one, but it was, it was the... I think it was the shortest one as well. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a it was basically a filler, but um far enough. But this was supposed to be stories of warning them about potential futures. Yeah. So it's like, well, don't don't dig up the plant, let it grow or yeah. burn it. Yeah. Oh, I was so funny when they put out the fire. Okay. I know we'll burn it. A piece of newspaper that's going to do it. That's going to generate enough fire. Has that anybody ever been camping? <laughs> you go, <laughs> and the leaves are patting the thing down. And you're like, oh, this is painful. You, yeah. you know, two people are doing that with a off camera. Then you saw the when it was wrapping around the um, doctor's neck, you saw the cable going like this. <laughs> 
Yeah, they could. Um, they could have even made the cable to look like one of the, one of the um, vines, you know. But they didn't even bother with that. That's like they couldn't be annoyed. No. But again, back in the sixties, people would have been there shocked because in the sixties they never had the sort of death and CGI and Friday the Thirteenth type stuff, and you know it was. It was all imagination, and mm-hmm. and to see a vine, even if it was led by a, a cable, people would have gone. Oh, yeah, people just automatically block out the piece of string. Yeah. They just they don't see it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, you know. Is this a case of us being spoiled with like over a century's worth of filmmaking that we're we can stick our nose up a bit? But I just like I said, they have this. There's a whole feeling of us that this could be bothered. Like they did such a good job with the first one. And the rest of these have been have done quite pretty well. Yeah. With a few comical pieces, but this one it was like, nah, I would just throw it together, can't be annoyed. Yeah. Do you know it's good for getting rid of um people's stuff or getting rid of trees and other diesel? Diesel, is it? Yeah. So I had this numpty that moved in when I had my house, moved in next door, and he his whole back became an absolute shithole within like two months, absolute dirtbag. And he's, these like trees started growing, and they actually started growing under my patio. Mm. And I'm like, uh, and I was trying to get stuff done. I was starting to actually put, because uh, I had to roll flags towards the end of my fence. Yeah. And starting to actually push them up. So I left one of the flags, got a thing of diesel. And if you drill into the roots, so I just got the drill like, and the roots <laughs> poured the diesel in. And then <laughs> the next morning, that whole tree was just poof, gone. Oh sorry, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Because I've got I've got one in my back garden. Um that um they've cut down and they've left a stump. Mm. But it's, it's it's quite a big thing, you know. So uh yeah. They just left a stump, whoever done it, whoever put the bloody thing down. So it's got to go. Yeah. Um but is that not normally dead when they do that? Yeah, I think it is dead, yeah. Yeah, so you're better, you're just getting the chainsaw out with that. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's like one of the old big fat oak trees. Yeah. And they've cut down it. Anyway. I just get the chainsaw out. And uh, you've got firewood if you've got a little rain slope. Uh, But yeah, pour some diesel on the side where the plant is or Mm. weed killer. Yeah. Or just burn the thing properly. Yeah. See, I. If I was writing, I wouldn't have killed the dog because I'm an animal lover. Yeah. Killed the kid. <laughs> yeah. Ever <her> instead. Yeah. <laughs> Little brat. <laughs> yeah. The dogs. Dogs were over here. That was a nice wee dog too. Yeah. But the the made it so obvious that it was just like, oh well, here it comes. Oh yeah. That was. But then we'll go to. Um, did, did you notice that hmm? the, the dog's barking that um, thing as well wasn't a dog's bark, it was a human. If you listen yeah, it wasn't it, even that. You know, the. You know, I could have done it. But uh, um, yeah, it was, it was a human doing a dog's bark. That was, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't spray. Just... Then again, they didn't have the. You know, think now that most studios have the terabytes. Of sound effects built up over the years, yeah. The years, but then, then we jump into voodoo. 
which is when I realized I've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, Roy Castle. Yeah. The legend that he was. And of course, the 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 um, band the band that was used was a proper proper jazz band. Well, he was yeah. a jazz trumpeter. That's yeah. a, that's why um, there's it, some. It, it was actually his band. I mm. don't know. Um, but they were. Why proper... wouldn't they? Yeah. If they need a band for it, he'd be like, "I'm looking after my mates." You know, but, um, he seemed to be that sort of guy anyway. Yeah, yeah, very talented guy, Roy Castle. Mm-hmm. He set the world record for what was it, the fastest tap dance? Yeah, he was a dancer, singer, um, trumpet player. He played I something thought, else. Yeah. He, he also set the world record for uh, forty-seven instruments in a three-minute. So it was playing the most, play the same tune in the most number of instruments in yeah. a three-minute period, and he did forty-seven instruments or something. Yeah, I'm sure I saw him play drums once upon a time. Oh, he, yeah, he's just one of them. You know, one of them annoying people that's good at everything. <laughs> but he, he was a nice guy with it, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was there was a bit, the trumpet was playing, and he, he actually held it away from his mouth, and, oh, I better put that back, you know. Um, and then uh, he was playing notes, but he wasn't moving the, the, uh, the keys. Yeah. Up. Um, but just me i know things like that but that's the, uh, that's what i was saying to you before we started the stream he can play so it's not like they had to do that mm. so that, the, i think i was just bad editing you know the the actual musical piece the the voodoo music piece was actually written by another actor called kenny lynch mm-hmm. kenny lynch was a, an actor who played in quite a lot of um i think he was in a lot of sitcoms mainly um, in the seventies, um, but he he was a bit like Charlie Chaplin, a very talented musician, a bit like Roy Castle, and he actually wrote the the alternate voodoo piece um, for this. And yeah, I believe he was also in the band. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, we call him Dudley Moore and uh, oh shit, the um, dazzled. Yeah. Who started with Dudley Moore and Bedazzled? Sam. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've done got up now. They were in a punk band together. Yeah. They were uh, the likes of um, Peter Cook. How did I forget that? I'm an idiot. Do you, do you remember the comedy sketch called um, The Plank with Tommy Cooper, Eric Sykes? Um, oh if, god, yeah, that was a yeah, they always did that in stage, yeah. And the uh, Kenny Lynch was in that, uh, British actor, he, he's been in loads, Sweeney, Kenny Everett, um, uh, and he was he was 90 when he died, but he was still working up until two years before. Um, you know, like we said about actors, so uh, yep. working, like working in regretfully had to retire yeah. at 91 or <laughs> sir christopher lee god yeah. he he went right to the end you know he he was not giving up in fact yeah. him and pushing they just you know people that got enjoy performing they enjoy what they do and it's not about the fame of the money if yeah. you genuinely enjoy what you do you're not 
putting yourself out you want to do it that's it's a thing that keeps you going yeah you know and more people need that especially mm-hmm. today you see people don't have that they don't have that interest they don't have that passion and that's why they're miserable they're just Where, trying to they they it's, it's a bit like people opening a restaurant in this day and age they think they're going to make big money out of it don't they and and of course it uh God, quite the opposite yeah. Uh, yeah and plus you can open a restaurant and then the demographics change so it might be successful oh, yeah. five ten years down the line they put in a new housing state it's a completely different crowd and they don't want what you're serving anymore and you don't uh, that's uh that's one of the most brutal ways to make a living Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Even um, see the people that did. I had a burger van once upon a time, and we yeah. used it used it as uh, an outdoor kitchen. Mm. So what we do is that uh, you know if somebody wanted to throw a dinner party, but their kitchen wasn't big enough. Yeah. And it's not bad. So you had that pocket out the back, and then you did all the overflow stuff. Yeah. Cooking, and then you did it, so you're able to. They wanted 10, 20 people around there having a party. And a gazebo, but their mm-hmm. kitchen, they were using that as well. You know, not quite stately home, but normal middle class house. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do that. So you'd, you'd bring that round and they'd do all the stuff out of it. So you'd actually be able to cater. Yeah. Um, but even that, that's bloody hard work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, uh, Kenny Lynch uh, had numerous chart singers they didn't do spe- specifically well um the highest two of them got was number 10 but he still had them 1962 and he done one in 1983 as well um so uh 1982 he done the london marathon and um, but yeah he's 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 had such a wide career um but it was a different breed of people yeah uh, but yeah, he, he was. Uh, he done. I think they knew not the rest on their laurels. I think there was this idea of once again, it's about having that passion anyway. If you have a passion, you'll turn your hand to anything. Yeah, and you'll you'll not just you'll have more strength to your bow. I was that old. Remember, that have more strength to your bow. The old adage. Yeah. The more you can bring to the table, the more you're secure. If you're not just pigeonholed into one thing. Mm. Uh some one trick and then the market changes uh you take charlie chaplin though mm-hmm. i mean you'd think that he was just a comedy actor wouldn't you and he, he oh i saw the documentary um the yeah. one actually one of the earliest documentaries with him in it and the work they put into those gags yeah and you can have nothing but respect for the man you know they yeah. knock their pan on they put and, themselves in danger a lot of them back then used to do their own stunts. Yeah. Um, if you take Harold Lloyd, I don't know if you've heard of uh, old Harold Lloyd. Um, he was the same, same sort of thing. He used to do comedy. And uh, he he actually used to do his own stunts. And some of the stunts, hanging off the arm. Oh, of he's a, the one that did the clock tower, wasn't he? Yeah. The famous clock tower thing. That was legitimate. Yeah. Him doing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um and of course, Charlie Chaplin was a, a classic composer. Mm-hmm. He used to do all his music for his own films. Um, and uh, of course, the, the most uh, um, known piece that he did was called Eternally. And uh, 
beautiful piece of music beautiful and i i play it on the keyboard so mm -hmm. it's quite a hard piece to play as well it wasn't any of this stuff that they do these days of free chords you know a bit like status quo <laughs> cg and e um you know this this stuff was was you know the, the chords in it were just you think am i gonna play that where am i gonna get my fingers around that one you know and um, but uh, yeah, it's proper music. But uh, and uh, Kenny Lynch, you know, he he's such a wide ranging career. Um, and uh, yeah, he was eighty one when he died, two thousand nineteen, and he was working right up until um, two thousand seven. So yeah, yeah, you wonder with some of these folks, is it when they stop working? Is that what kills them? That's what kills him, yeah. I remember this old guy, um, he used to do pastries in the kitchen, one of the kitchens I supervised, and he was like, he's 71 at the time, God, he's pushing, he still loved his mum, mum was in her 90s, and still, mm. uh, still going as well, but I'm like, Steve, why do you work, mate? You don't need to, he's like, well, all my mates retired and they're dead. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the same as I used to work with a lot of, a uh, lot of guys in the, you know, working the Kitchen borders of camp Pambash were all ex miners, yeah. And they just brought that work ethic, you know, the smell to come in, the work and the bloody smell. Yeah. And then you would have one of the young girls who worked in the you know, behind the counter, yeah. And they're always miserable. Oh, this is hard, and this and you freaking guys knocking their ball, you know, in their 60s, not even have you know, not super fast, but as fast as they could. Had a smell in their face and they got the job done, and they didn't mind the fact they were a bit slower because they'd stay an extra ten minutes, but they wouldn't leave until everything was done. Yeah, and it was just that, and this this film was of that generation. Yeah, yeah, and even God, when was this back? Two thousand and six. So I would have dread to think what it'd be like now. You know, I mean, I'm even go back in time to history. Yeah, when I saw the change in. Generations, I wouldn't even like to think of the generation 10, 15 years now in the workplace. In fact, even in the office setting, I've worked beside a couple of them and just and my head's done in because there's just no work in them whatsoever. Mm. And they make your life hard and the whine and the, the, the complain that their lives are horrible, but they won't apply themselves. Even for fun, they'll consume, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll stick the triangle to their face and they'll whinge that there's, they're bored. But they'll mm. do nothing for themselves. And look at the actors. Look at the quality of actors we we'll have today. Uh, terrible, aren't they? Like, you can't even get like involved. You'll probably get one in a thousand that is actually, you know, good. Uh, and the rest are just like, it's a bit like um, tradesmen, isn't it? Uh, of today, you know, years ago, you used to have to do an apprenticeship. Mm. And, and um you know just to be a painter and decorator and these days they just take them off the bloody um job queue don't they and uh, say yeah there's a paint slap about a paint up now yeah in builders you know oh let's build that house yeah stick some bricks together no problem whereas you know you used to have to do an apprenticeship years ago to to stick a brick on top of the other but then that's why everything nice you know we see the degrading quality and everything yeah yeah. It's not good. It's it's actually quite depressing. It would it would really put you down if you let it. But 
it's good to go back and remember, you know, I mean, these people, it wasn't fake, the genuine talent, and they used it. And film was just another, you know, if they weren't doing film, and I think that's a major difference. If Roy Castle, like in Voodoo here, if he wasn't doing film, he'd be out with his band. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be performing on stage. He'd be doing something else. Film was just another avenue. But they didn't just put their whole career. Look at um, celebrities today. They, they scramble to be relevant. Yeah. Because they're, they've nothing to offer. And that's why they get into things they shouldn't, you know, and wind people up and actually create more bad feeling because they feel yeah. like they have to hear their voice or else they'll be forgotten about. And it's because of no genuine talent. Yeah. Look at pop stars. Pop stars are the worst for it because they're one-trick ponies. Yeah. They that they last a couple of months now, don't they? Yeah, if that I I don't even I couldn't even tell you stars now. I watched the documentary on Joe Longthorn. Do you remember Joe Longthorn? No. He's, he's, um, he won um, one of the big talent shows in the 70s and uh, he um, he did impressions. He did he did impre- a bloody good impression of Shirley Bassey. He used to do Shirley Bassey, Tom Jones, um, several of the other, and he used to sing like them and, and that he actually sounded like them. And he, but he used to take the mick of um, – uh, Shirley Bassey as well by doing her mannerisms, you know, oh, yeah, like that. And then mm-hmm. um, he used to do all that. And um, he he was still going strong up until he died of throat cancer, I think it was. Um, and he was still going strong. And uh, uh, this documentary, but it turned out that he had such a following because he was a really nice guy as well. He, he, just, he just didn't care about him being the star he'd go out to his audience and he'd go out and speak to them and um you know in um uh, he'd stop as he was going into the theater he'd, he'd stop and talk to them all and and he was just a really nice guy and every everyone all the other stars like the jimmy tarbucks and things like that and all said to him all said about him you know when they introduced him this he's he's the nicest guy in entertainment um uh yeah he, he died of cancer um yeah. actually funny enough roy castle on this one because uh oh yeah basically the story is that he's a performer yeah. his band gets a chance to go to haiti and he witnesses a voodoo ritual and then decides to steal the god the god's music yeah and then it's just uh really it's actually a really simple story uh, I can't even remember the name of the god that he stole the music from, but uh, it ends up this big story. Yeah, hmm? I, I, I had to laugh though. I thought it was quite that at, at first when he was stood there writing the music down, there was one guy behind him, and then turned back to the the voodoo dance, come back to him. There was two, back three. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant! That is so yeah. funny. Yeah, very well uh, thought of that was. Yeah, just um, here. What are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he tries to play it in London. He writes it and makes a, a mashup of the song. You know, busy mocking the god, as it says, and then a storm blows up. But I love the way he's in the middle of the street and a storm's blowing, and he blows back the poster for the movie that he's in. Yeah, that was clever. <laughs> Yeah. That was some like that's one of the earliest cases of fourth wall breaking. <laughs> yeah. 
and then of course he gets back to his apartment and then one of the priests just arrives the dead yeah. heart attack he faints yeah. <laughs> I thought he just fainted no I think he died of fright I think that was the whole point yeah, yeah. but the, the tragedy is Roy Castle uh, died of lung cancer I'd never smoked in his life yeah, he got it because he was playing trumpet in jazz clubs and got it from passive smoking. Yeah, and he was one of the ones. Um, and his death actually pioneered. Uh, it was called the Roy Castle Clean Air Award or something. Yeah. So if a pub or club voluntarily banned smoking or said there was no smoking place, they got this wee plaque. Mm. That was something that was never really talked about. It was only when the government brought in a ban, but people could voluntarily do it and. Because of yeah. what happened to him, it was a genuine case of passive smoking. Because if you think you're, you know, uh, I'm done a wee bit of bugle in my time, you know, it's you're mm. you, you do, you know, you're, you really are accentuating the old oh, there. I used to hate playing in was in Plymouth. It's gone now. It's knocked down Plymouth Social Club, and that was the sort of place where you walked in and you couldn't see where you were going. You know, <laughs> it was yeah. that smoky. You know, and you used to go back, and the stage was right next to the door around the corner. And uh, but yeah, you used to try and talk to the audience, and you'd have to squint your eyes to see where they were. And uh, you could, when you were singing, you could taste the smoke. It's it's that. Bad. I used to like. I my parents are passive smokers. Yeah. And my clothes used to reek all the time, and I never smoked in my life. Never because I grew up around it. I had no interest. Yeah. And I used to always get it. Have you been smoking? And it actually put me off buying good clothes. Yeah. Because they used to have nice jackets on and just reek of smoke. And my aunt was bad for it. Um, remember my old uh, at Margaret's house? Their ceiling was yellow. Yeah. And you're like, bloody hell. Yeah. I think kissing a smoker as well was... Oh, God, yeah. It's like, oh. But, uh, yeah. Even that, I'd be, I'd have a cigar now and again, but that's like a rare occasion. But I wouldn't do it in the house. No, you know what I mean, if you're in a balcony or something. But I wouldn't. Uh, don't see the point in that. Yeah, my dad is a pipe smoker, hmm. and cigars at Christmas. So. And that's you know now and again, fine. But also, what I hear about cigarette smokers, especially when I joined the army, was you're always picking up the butts of smokers. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't fucking smoke. And you'd put the, they always go for the bit, want the bean tin to put them in. And every outside every accommodation was a bean tin, and the bean tin was empty, and all the butts were around the bean tin. <laughs> like, and supposedly trained soldiers, you know, 200 meters, you know, bang on target. Oh, I couldn't well, fucking get that yeah. into that. Yeah, oh, it used to piss me off. <laughs> but then obviously things started changing. I like, I, I was one that was glad of smoking ban. And I don't like people being banned for stuff. But smoking's one of them things that you, if you don't smoke, you have no choice. Yeah. And we're getting very sort of big brother, aren't we? You will do this, you will do this. We it's will got a bit ridiculous. I'm, yeah. I'm not for that at all. Yeah. I just think it's a bit of common decency and respect. So if you smoke, A, don't breathe in people's face, don't go in an enclosed area, have a bit of common wit about you. It's the same yeah. as vapors today. Vapors have just shown the same disrespect smokers did. Yeah, they never. Bop, bop, yeah. All, all you get is a face full of strawberry, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
but it's like one of the things have a bit of common sense mm. somebody's not in it don't get in their space and then you won't have people telling you what to do mm. but then again if somebody wants to smoke let them you know i, I just somebody wants to drink let them yeah <laughs> none of my business as long as it doesn't like i said my only problem is if my door gets knocked and somebody comes into my space that's where it's a problem mm. so as you're you do whatever the hell you want i uh, I just don't get the world today, but it's it's an overreaction because things were too much one sided, and this was a case like Royal Castle where things were the the pendulum was way too much the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I I did enjoy this this game much better than the the plant one. Oh, the plant one was awful. That was the worst. Yeah, but uh, the, the the Royal Castle one was good, and, and the music mm. was good. I thought the music was very jazzy and. Yeah, yeah, and he's a good actor as well. Like he was, yeah. he was doing the sort of East End London boy type, you know, thing. Yeah. And he's from Liverpool, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. Uh, and then we'll obviously we we'll go on to Christopher Lee's one. Christopher Lee, yeah. Uh, I thought Christopher Lee would have been the last person, you know, that, as an I'm the big star, I go last. But he he finally broke, you know. Oh, oh, all right then, because he, he's going poppycock, you know. That's yeah. you're being played, you know, and all this. Okay, I'll, Donald I'll... Sutherland was the last one. Hmm? Donald Sutherland was the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Lee was next to last one. The um, it's funny because yeah. more people remember Chris. I know the other. What was the last thing Donald Sutherland did? Was the Hunger Games thing, wasn't it? I don't know. I think that was the last thing he was. Uh, I I know the best Donald Sutherland thing I saw him in was um. A Time to Kill, John Grisham novel, and he played a alcoholic uh, ex barrister or lawyer um, who got struck off, and uh, yeah, he was quite good at that. Um, yeah, Christopher Lee. Uh, I thought this this was the best sketch. I think I like this one. Yeah, um, he's been this twatty, artsy fartsy, arrogant. Yeah, imagine, imagine yeah. putting yourself out there and critiquing other people's work. Like, what yeah. sort of an arsehole do you have to be to talk about other people's art? Mm. Well, they do it, don't they? Yeah, I know. Some people like start YouTube channels and stuff. You know what I mean? Just absolute arseholes. Like, why would you do that? You must be an absolute prick. No, <laughs> especially uh, this terrible one. It's oh awful, and the guy is just like. Oh, such a pain in the ass and and the the stuff he has behind him on this youtube channel it's just like oh he just put it away it's it's like pictures that should be put out left right and center and <laughs> oh <God. laughs> no um yeah I, I i thought he played the part perfectly he he was the arrogant gentleman wasn't he yeah. But this is normal. I remember this was the chimpanzee gag. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that's that's. I remember. Instantly, I'm like, God, I have seen this before. This, this is better. This is done with flair and all this, wasn't it? And the, yeah, the, yeah. Who's the artist? A bloody chimp. <laughs> oh. But it didn't stop there because then every time once he got him, yeah. then he was at this rotisserie dinner, you know, giving his speech and. Uh, Lander turns up and like, but I was impressed actually because he does a little 
paper cut out things like yeah. while at the dinner and pulls it out and it's all chimps. You're like, yeah. Yeah. That's actually quite clever. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. And just kept turning up and then just completely through um uh Marsh, yeah, Marsh's character just uh off his stride and actually he nearly had a nervous breakdown over it. It just just goes yeah. to show if you were that pompous and arrogant. Yeah. And this is the thing about Amicus I've noticed to have this thing where they do like a a fourth wall break that they actually look inside the industry. Because they did it with um John Pertwee's one. Yeah. You know yeah, the, you could yeah. tell they don't take the whole Hollywood thing seriously. No. And there's a great sense of humor about them to go, well, we hang about with all these sort of people. We know what sort of idiots are like. Let's poke a bit of fun. Well, that would not be allowed today. Today, if you did that, they'd, they'd jump on you from a great height. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be banned You'd be banned from Hollywood. Uh, in, uh, well, I've done it. This, you? But, uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, it just show he just shows that fragile, precious character who's never been challenged in his life. And then when somebody gets one up on him, instead of dealing with it with good humor, yeah, he just falls apart to the point where he runs him over with his car. Yeah, because he could have just uh, any sort of normal person would have just laughed it off and yeah, yeah, uh, you got me there and cuddled the chimp or something, wouldn't they? But yeah. If you if you want to clap, you belief in that, yeah, mm. yeah. But um, and I th I thought it was very well done uh, how uh, the the artist's hand got cut off so he couldn't paint anymore. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when Christopher Lee has the car crash, he can't see anymore because uh, he's he's gone blind in the car crash. I thought. How brilliant is that? You know, the, the artist can't paint anymore and, and he relies on his sight to, to view all the paintings and he can't yeah. see it. And, you know, that was very, very clever. A very good storyline. So, yeah. The only bit that got me was uh, the scene in the car, the first one, the time the hand appears. Oh, yeah. He was, he was sort of looking like that, wasn't he? Yeah. But also, you could <laughs> see you could see the prosthetic. Yeah, off the end, you could see the arm the first time, yeah, and then they fixed it by the time it went over the seat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could actually see the whole arm and the prosthetic sticking that way, and it was like, yeah. Oh no, you've and you could also see it wasn't a real hand because it was like it was like one of those rubber things, wasn't it? Like you get down the joke shop with the you know, the uh, the sort of where the blood was around it, it was it was like the, the rubber thing you get, you know, when yeah. to play tricks. I before he threw it into the fire, um, it was still there was good animatronics there. I wonder how they did that. Yeah, it was moving around, wasn't it? But, uh, yeah. yeah. Like for the sixties, that was great effects. Yeah, yeah. Today it would be a horrible CGI thing that looked nothing like it and be <laughs> awful. Look more like a foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. Uh, as I said, it was uh, out of the, the mall. This was my favourite sketch. Um, between this and Voodoo, I, I, yeah. I don't know the two of them um, were brilliant, and I, I definitely say like part for part, Roy Castle was acting the same quality. You know, I mean, given the same yeah. quality of performance as Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah, because he was just Roy Castle. He was, yeah. he was, um, he was that younger 
Roy Castle that you you know everyone knew in the sixties in there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I did I do like Christopher Lee's uh, sketch, and that's the North thing as well. Uh, everyone associates Christopher Lee with Dracula, and being the scary villain, and he yeah. has done so many roles where he's actually abased himself. Yeah, he's actually been on West End stage in in all these Shakespeare things as well, hasn't he? He's... Mm-hmm. So much. And the heavy, he was in the heavy metal band as well in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. Amazing man. And this is becoming the Christopher Lee channel because I've talked with, obviously, I've talked with you a lot about him, I've talked with Dale a lot with him when we did the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> We're going to do it again when we go into The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> it just changes to the Christopher Lee podcast. Yeah. I just gush. I'll probably get more yeah. views actually. I just sit here and gush with Christopher Lee and share lots of Christopher Lee. Still there. Christopher Lee was in Star Wars. <laughs> he was actually true enough. Yeah, he was funny. He was um oh he, he was Count the Dooku. Dooku. Count yeah. Dooku. Peter Peter Cushion was in there. So he, he was... yeah, he remembers that one. Uh, I think he uh... Yeah. He he got the rank right this time, you know. I'm off talking, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, the horror fan had to tell him. You know, <laughs> you well, well done. There's, there's two in a row. Well done. Google's is, working well for you. Is Lauren Chris, Grand Moff talking was, you may fire when ready. And then, 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 then. And then uh, they go to fire and uh, he shoots a death star and, and he dies. There. You don't have to watch him now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how things change with that franchise. Yeah. And then we'll get the last story anyway. We'll go back to back to the important things. Now yeah. we get Donald Sutherland. Um I don't think his character was that great in this. It was alright, but it wasn't um groundbreaking. He wasn't worth his money, was he? <laughs> no, I think it kind of got ripped off. Yeah. But did you notice it? They he said, Oh, welcome to New England. Yeah, they were in England. No, he flew back because obviously they the, the, seem to have a strange thing with the have the involve America because maybe because you know Americans can't watch anything unless the Americans involved. Yeah, they have like palpitations. And if it doesn't appear in America, then they, they start freaking out and, <laughs> and don't know what to do. I I thought he said, "Oh yeah, welcome to New England." No, he flew back. That he flew back to America with his French bride. That was the storyline for this one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I was. I was a story. Then he flew back to America. He met his. Uh, she was a fan's wife. And Nicole. Why wasn't she Romanian? She should have been Romanian. Nobody would have told the difference. You don't get many French vampires, do you? No, she should have been Romanian. I would have. You know. Nobody would have cared. She just puts on a funny European accent. Yeah. Job's done. Especially in the sixties, you know, nobody was told. Nobody got down into the minutia. I thought it was quite a weak story again. Yeah, because sort of you know the the doctor or he gets his he gets Donald Sutherland to stake her through the heart and then denies all knowledge just so he can be the number one vampire, um, number one doctor. It was weird. Um, yeah, that was it. She. That was the storyline, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. And vampires don't get affected by daylight in this. 
No. They're going about no. during the day. And the wee boy, like... He was just uh, an extra, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't he, if he was bitten, wouldn't he have been... I mean, how would they feed on blood of a boy? I mean, you don't get He's much like a blood. snack. Yeah, yeah, you know, you'd need an adult to get your 10 points, wouldn't you? A boy would contain... Well, they they say in it is it's average of one point one point of blood per stone of the body mm -hmm. so um you know he, he was probably about three stones <laughs> they wouldn't have got much out of him would they but, uh, <laughs> yeah sleep with the window open we'll close the bloody window um you know shatner was canadian by the way chris mm. so Who? uh it's a lot of Americans prefer British actors, particularly myself included. That's why they picked Patrick Stewart to replace our American cowboy space captain James Kirk. Yeah, but William Shatner is actually Canadian, so I know the wannabe Americans. I know the try their tryhards, your tryhards next door, much like Londoners over here, all want to be American for some reason. Do you know? I found out where the Starship Enterprise was actually going after all these years, going to a place called Bodley Go. Because they say we're going to boldly go where no man has been before. <laughs> ah, dear. They're not a franchise that got run on the ground. Yeah. Oh, that got the George R. Abrams treatment. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. That was painful. Um, I remember being in uh, the theater. He hasn't. Actually, the, the guy, uh, Chris Pine, he hasn't done much. He's kind of shot him. He destroys his own career with doing stupid movies. Yeah. Well, you know when the original Star Star Trek movie came out, nineteen seventy nine. The motion picture. Yeah. I used to have the book of that. I there used was to... a there was a character called Decker in it. We were in the in the cinema watching this, and one of my mates shouts out, "This whether you might have to blank this out." My God, Decker's got a hard on, right? But as he shouted it out, the scene went totally quiet, right? And the whole bloody cinema heard it, right? And everyone in the cinema just started laughing uh, out loud in in the scene. In, in we couldn't hear the film because the laughter was that, you know, because the cinema was quite packed. But yeah, it, it it was like one of those moments where it was noisy because of all the spaceship. Yeah. At that particular moment when Decker was there and he had this tight suit on and it just showed his, you know... Was it as bad as David Bowie in Labyrinth? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's like, you're served eating two veg, not the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, there was no... You could not look away from that. That was just in your face, like, rubbing you. Look. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. I can't remember. Um, that film was universally hated. That was uh, Adrian. Yeah. Look, Decker's got a hard on. And it's like... Shit! <laughs> it went quiet. You know? Everyone started bursting out with laughter. But uh, yeah, yeah, but that's um, Rafa Khan was the best movie. They should have just stopped at that. Yeah, yeah. They should have just gave up. They actually did a better version. Uh, I know it was the same actor, but they did him better in the movie than they did in the actual TV episode where he was introduced. Yeah, like the TV episode was actually quite weak. Ah, uh, right. I, d I didn't see the TV. Yeah, um, it was the same thing. Khan, he was trying to take over, and then the banished in the planet. Yeah. And then the Rafa Khan was actually coming back to that. But it was all done nice and fluffy. And then it was the first time they went, oh, what would happen, actually, if we revisited? 
they would deal with the consequences of the action and then all this hatred and bitterness had built up. Yeah. Oh, uh... It was alright, but it was silly. Come on, Star Trek 4 was silly. Was that the was... one about the whale? Yeah, about the whales. The, the travel back to the 80s and it's like nah they, they should have just stopped there that's once you introduce time travel you're in trouble time mm. travel or multiverses and anything and that's it you're you're done you've run out of ideas yeah and from star trek 4 i think most of the cast started to look like jabba the hut didn't they yeah. we're getting on a bit and they weren't keeping up their gym routines yeah yeah so. <laughs> But anyway, going back to Donald Sutherland. It's a, yeah, it's a weak story because yeah. nothing actually really happens in it. Yeah. Apart from, yeah, she's a vampire. You should stake her through the heart. Well, okay then. Because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have no problem with that. You know, I've just married the woman. Yeah, I'll stake her through the heart. No problem. Yeah. No, but even that there, you just stake somebody through the heart because somebody tells you to. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way normal rational people. How did he come across that she's a vampire? Because <laughs> he told him. I can't remember. I, I sort of glossed over this one. Just said, he just said, "Oh yeah, the windows open. Yeah, oh, I saw your missus, didn't he? Because he, he, um, he, he sat in, in with the boy, didn't he, overnight? Um, the 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 doctor who was the vampire, really. He he was in in the boy's room, and then he saw this bat coming in, and he shut the window." No, yeah. did he not do that? And then it made the sign of the cross or something. No, that like, was that was before. That was the same. Yeah, that's when he 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 said, "Oh, uh, um, yes, no." He says, "Oh, I'm going to sit in the in the boys' room, didn't he?" And um, overnight, in in keep a watch, and he kept a watch. Um, and as the bat was coming in the room, he shut the window, and then he shot. Oh, he shot through the window. That's right. Through the window, and then the 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 girl come out, and uh, she had a bloody hand, didn't she? And he's and uh, he says, uh, "Oh, how did you do that?" And he, oh, jammed my hand in the window. Um, uh, yeah. So um, he I then said, "Yeah." He then told him he's got to kill kill her by a stake for the heart, and he's making a stake. And so he goes, "Donald Sutherland, was it?" He said, "He gives her a kiss, doesn't he?" Or, and says, uh, I love you. Then calls the police. Yeah, I've, I've actually stuck a stake through my wife's heart. She's a vampire. But it's okay. The doctor told me to do it. The doctor told me to do that's it. Right. That's the way the law works. <laughs> yes, doctor. Did you tell him to stick a stake through her heart? No. Oh. Oh, you did. No. There's only room for one vampire. And one doctor in this town. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what the f <sighs> Oh, dearie me. That was... Well, I think this is all intentional comedy. It, or was it trying to be... These anthologies, the last anthology has always got a bit of humour in it. Hmm. You think you had John Pertwee, didn't you? Um, being the, the vampire. Yeah. And, that was pure um, comedy, that one. That was comedy, and then uh, yeah, it's there seems to be something about the last one. Thinking, mm, let's put a bit of humour in it, and won't just be us have strange sense of humour. No, I, th I, th I think these were genuinely funny. You know, mm. just 
whether intentional or not, that's the thing. Yeah. And then um, it goes up to the, the train, doesn't it? Back to the train. And uh, um, he disappears when they go through the tunnel. That was well done. Yeah. That was actually one of those, like, I've seen them try to do that today and it looks so bad, but they actually did it that well with the lighting. Yeah. That he was there one minute and then he disappeared. Yeah. And the atmosphere, well, why are you here? Don't you know? Yeah. And he'd been, uh, he'd been hiding, the, they're saying, well, how do we do it? And he's going five cards in and he kept producing the death card. Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. And he saw, you know, the whole thing about the death card, they're all yeah. doomed. So, we knew the train was going to crash or something because, you know, what else could happen? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we're, we're talking about that before we went live. That in the tarot deck, death doesn't actually mean death. No. It means change. Yeah. And if the change is good, the card's the right way up when it's on the table. If a change is going to be bad, it's inverted. Yeah. It's actually yeah. the hangman is the warning. Yeah. In the tarot deck. Yeah. 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 No, I, I did know about the death doesn't specifically mean the death of someone. It means, mm. um, you know, like oh, you could be changing job, for instance. So it's the death of your first job and you're going into another change one. Change relationship, changing, you're about to move house, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all on the questions that are asked as well. Yeah. Should I, you know, because normally if you're consulting the tarot, it's, should I do this? Should I do not? I have a decision to make. Do I go one way or go the other? Yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the tarot is, well, the way it's portrayed, and you know, it's all very wishy-washy, and it's all about telling people what they want to hear. So there's a bit of charlatanism about it. Yeah. There's nobody. It never really says in any of the tarot books I've read. It's like there's nothing goes. You are screwed. <laughs> it's always a case of oh well, this is um, but it could mean this, and you're always meant to frame it. In a you know a fluffy way so people don't freak out. Where uh, there's a lot of cards. Remember, I thought it was a double pack. Because well, like... well, you've got the major arcana and the minor arcana. So yeah. the minor arcana is basically a deck of cards. Uh, yeah. Ones, cups, kings and queens. You know, what I mean, it's for it's the you know, yeah, one one the. King, right? It's basically 52 of the cards are a deck of cards. Then the major arcana is the one with all the symbols. Yeah. The priestess, the priest, the king, the queen, the empress, um, the hangman, uh freaking I mean, there's loads of them. Mm. And that's that's enough to think, but you can then you can then throw the minor arcana in as well and get yeah. really like really detailed stuff, and it just gets a bit it's an interesting it's an interesting exercise if you actually get a tarot deck and uh fun enough i ordered one so i'll be unboxing it in the next day or two um but if you actually get a tarot deck and actually go through the meanings of each of the cards and just put a couple of questions there not trying to not trying to tell anybody's fortune but just seeing what to do it's actually quite interesting to look at and see the interpretation hmm. and nobody's yeah. the same you know what i mean your interpretation would be different from mine or Etc. The next person, that's there's no like rigid. This is the way forward. That's why there's so many different decks now. Yeah. Yeah. I used tarot deck in one of my stories, The Last Fortune. Oh, did they? Yeah. Because yeah. somebody met a fortune teller first, and then the fortune teller was telling her fortune. And but what it was it was incarnations. Like there was a, a, a I'll not spoil 
story, but you know, they were waiting for this one fortune, a particular question to get asked. Yeah. And that was the whole way behind it. Mm. But yeah, from what because then it, uh one thing I would try to make was when the fortune teller was dealing the deck that they were correct. Yeah. And not just wishy washy, you know, oh death means death. No, I, you know, I mean I hate that. It really annoys me when not that I'm an, you know, a practitioner practitioner or anything, but if you're going to refer something, do some research. Yeah. That's all I ask of anything. So that if I if you tell a story about something I don't know about, I'm gonna look into it. You know, I mean if you've told me a good story and it involves yeah. something, I'm gonna get interested. And if I go look that thing up and it's completely different to what the storytellers told me, and completely uh out of place. Yeah. It's like you know when Americans tell you that they're Irish? Oh yeah. And you just go, What? You know, and you get films like The Irishman, or you get things about Irish America. You're like, no. Yeah, they have those, they have those parades, don't they, where they all dress up in green. Oh, Patty's Day, yeah. There's this parade yeah. called Patty's Day. Uh, I don't know what that's about, but uh, it's like, do you know you get like a Chinese knockoff of something? <laughs> that's, that's what it's busy like. It's, it's like. The American knockoff of something else. <laughs> I don't come from my side of fence. It's like, yeah. uh, one time, but yeah, if you're going to refer to something, be accurate. I know it might be scary where you were, you did do it the other way, but what's wrong with using the hangman? It's, yeah, it's just as frightening if it's done right. Hmm. If you, if you tell a story, frame it correctly, then fine, but I suppose, ooh, six, oh, death, dun, dun, dun. Um, the only disappointing thing at the end, this is when uh, Dr. Schultz, no, not Schultz. Shrek. Shrek, yeah, I was thinking of um, Jack Wonji in there. Dr. <laughs> Shrek uh, reveals himself to be the Grim Reaper. Yeah. And as the worst skull. The mask, the t- typical amicus plastic mask that they've used right throughout all five, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even the Devil Rides Out quality. No, no. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. one we'll be talking about at some stage. But yeah, you. Uh, I mean, you, you got if you accept it as a '60s. Yeah, Devil's Mass, and you know, it's it probably cost twenty five p down the the joke shop. Yeah, back in the day. But there you go. That's it. That is the end of the series. Yeah. It's how it's up. It's and. Uh, I mean, all of all of them have been okay. Um, some have been better than others. This this one, I think my my favourite was uh, from Beyond the Grave. Yeah, definitely have to put that one up there. That's a bit close. Uh, I thought the the first scene was just so bloodthirsty, <laughs> and um, and original, you know, a man in a mirror, which is mm-hmm. where this all all originally came from. Now, because all I said to you was, oh, there was this. Thing with a man in a mirror, and I didn't know what it was. And I, it's, uh, so I investigated it and come up with, oh yeah, because David Warner was it. If I hadn't known David Warner was in it, I, I wouldn't have got it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was funny was I'd seen that one as well. Yeah, I'd seen most of these. That's the yeah. the, the funny thing, and I just didn't remember because well, how long is a piece of screen when you're watching movies? I mean, there's so many. It's some blend into the other. Yeah. Brilliant cast in that from Beyond the Grave, Donald Pleasance and mm-hmm. 
Um, and they were all perfectly cast in that one. Um, I think the the middle three Peter Cushing could have had better parts in uh, in the ones that he was in. Um, but this one, he, he was perfectly cast. Yeah. So was Christopher Lee. I think Christopher Lee was, even though he was, uh, you know, made to be blind at the end, he was perfectly cast as the, the sort of arrogant um, person that he was he, he, because he always comes across as that tall man, doesn't he? Who's, you know, in, in all, the, all the things he does. But... Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, this is probably my second favourite out of the out of the five. Yeah, and I'd probably say Asylum would be next. Yeah, yeah. And then the other the other ones just sort of blend into each other. Yeah, I, th I think yeah, they got it right with this one because they had a, a like sub story around it. They get on the train. He's he's doing tarot card readings, and at the end, he, he says to them, "The only way you can cure this is to die." and and then at the end, you get they're on the train station, don't they? And the newspaper flies over and says train crash kills five. Yeah. And 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 so the, there's the the sort of overall story of it. Um, and the same happened with from beyond the grave. You had the um, the antique shop type of yeah. thing that everyone was going in, and and um, that was the sort of. I just don't know why they didn't keep that theme throughout because this would have been we could have done loads of movies. Yeah, but um, when they did those tales from the crypt, the the uh, vault of horror in the crypt, one yeah. they were they're just so uh, they're just totally wrong. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't fit. No, and and the characterizations were wrong in the yep and ones. It was once again some British people trying to be Americans and etc. And it's like just yeah. play to your strengths and. If you make good quality work, it doesn't matter where it's from. People will find it. Well, let's hope with this, uh, if this thing with the new amicus gets off the ground, that they're going to stick true to their, their roots of, of um, you know, this this sort of thing or from beyond the grave. And well, if not, because I don't live too far from Shepparton, so I'll be knocking on their door. Like, yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Is, you know, it'd be nice to see them up and running again to get some of that old-fashioned horror that's away from all the all the CGI crap and uh, um, Just tell good stories. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be tell good. good haunting stories again. Well, I think we need that. I think we need to return that. Yes, you can use modern technology. You can use a brush of CGI over the top to yeah. tidy some things up, but just tell good stories with good characters. Yeah. And everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And believe it or not, this culture, because it's starting to wane now of shiny lights because the box up, you know, what I mean, people aren't watching going to cinemas anymore. So there's no. going to be a return because everything's cyclical the other day. Mm. People want to go back to the atmospheric horror because that's what it was always about, leaving that chill up the spine. Yeah. Not an action movie. No. And. Yeah, it's, it's it's just got beyond a joke now because I, I don't watch modern horror very much. Co no, will have it on. I, I did watch that I Am Zozo the other day, but there was no special effects in that one, really. You know, CGI. It was, it was all to do with the Ouija board. and um, 
Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Cole said it was crap. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it, but um, hmm. is everyone's tasting it? Whatever you like, really. Oh, that's it, you know. But you'll find that this will, you know, go back to good storytelling. Things will last longer. Yeah, you have a long, longer shelf life than just uh, a bad, you know, bad return of the cinema. Now you'll people pick it up in a year or two time. Yeah. Things always like a lot of movies I've reviewed, like modern ones, I've barely stuck in a second time. Mm. You know, I mean, I'll review a movie in the last five years, and some are okay, some have liked. But very rarely have I felt the need to watch it again. You know, once I've watched it, I'm like, eh, well, that was it. Mm. Or these sort of movies, you can always, you know, stick back on and get enjoyment out of them. Yeah. Well, you can. I've I've enjoyed it. I'm like I said, I watch them three times anyway for these mm-hmm. bits and reviews. And each time I pick up something different. But you still enjoy it, um, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and it's something, something that you watch again. Um, if you've enjoyed it, um, you know I'll, I'd probably watch this one again. I'll probably watch from Beyond the Grave again. Further down the line, I might watch um, Asylum and something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's loads of other '60s horrors and early '70s horrors. Um, Starring Peter, I mentioned one to you the other day, didn't I? I forget what it was called then. Starring Peter Cushing in, oh, no, that one I mentioned you. <laughs> There's a scene in it. These creatures are coming to get them. <laughs> and then let's just look. You know where uh, the little insects, sticklebacks? Oh, right, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, these creatures look like bigger versions of that with a... A like eye on a on a thing, and it, and you think, oh my god, is that the best they could do with for a, a creature? And um, and they're chucking everything at them, and they're not dying. They they try <laughs> dynamite, um, petrol bombs, <laughs> uh, a rifle, a shotgun, and they're just not dying. And uh, in the end, um, what was it? They have to kill him with radiation. You know, I said to you, Peter Cushing goes in the room saying, do not enter um, radiation. He just walks in. Um, <laughs> it, it is a pretty bad film, but it's, it's if you put it in the... I forget what it's called now. Um, it, was, it was just just come on uh, one of the channels. I thought, oh, Peter Cushing's in that. And I thought, oh, no, it's awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was done by which studio? I'll try and find out which film it was now. Again, I'll I'll look back on the um, the messages I sent you. Yeah, well, anyway, the next one we're doing is Carry On Screaming, so we'll have a bit of a laugh for that. When's that then, next uh, Monday? Isn't it? Yeah, probably next. It's coming soon, anyway. Believe it or not. I don't think you've sent me an invite yet, have you? Should have, yeah. Um, the twelfth. Yeah, it's not. A, we're not doing it until the twelfth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's drag me to hell. It's coming up on Sunday, which I need to do. I need to put the stream together for. Yeah, this Sunday. Yeah, that's Sunday coming. Yeah. So that's coming up soon. Yeah. No, uh, we're doing carry on screaming, and then we're going to take a look at classic horror. I think we're going to look at the Hammer horror movies, but then we'll look at other classic horror as well. 
Yeah. Because there's quite a bit to get through. Keeps going for a while. That's it. Yeah. I think just just chuck um, movie names at each other and say, yeah. That'll do. Well, it's cool to have a theme. That's the thing about doing this. Yeah. It's cool to have a theme and something that ties them all together. Yeah. Especially when, when, you know, someone who comes on like me has got more of an interest in, in classic horror than, than I have in modern horror. Um, you know, and I, 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 th I think it's mainly because I've, like I said, I Saturday nights I used to have on BBC Two Hammer uh, triple bills or mm. double bills, but sometimes I used to put a triple on, and I always used to watch them. And um, you know, they they're part of my childhood. And these days, I'm not a CGI fan whatsoever. Call me old fashioned, but I think it's got its uses. But um, you know, in in minute levels, um, yeah. You know, uh, well, like anything, when it's done cheaply and uh, lazily, no way when there's a laziness to it. Um, even practical effects, if you do them lazily, they're like the vines in this one. Mm. Then it shows, and then you 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 lose all suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it's it's all about how it's done. But yeah. that'll be fun to do anyway. Good, good, go yeah, because it's good to remind ourselves the why they are the classics and maybe sometimes we find that some we thought were classics aren't you know yeah it's good to sort of revisit at times with a critical eye but steve as always pleasure to have you on mate and uh great to talk about us and, yeah. and don't forget fun. the books out on wednesday yep don't worry the mist on the mountain by him yeah all right yep have a good excellent all right, folks. Real, just... real people in it. Real people. Yeah, volunteers. People actually volunteer to get murdered in a book. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, never been known. <laughs> Fun <laughs> times. Right, and as usual, everyone, thanks very much. Uh, just as I say, keep up to date with the channel. Do the typey clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific. <laughs>